Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Kristen Smith, Pennsylvania editor for the Center Square. And joining me today is the Center Square's Pennsylvania reporter, Anthony Hennon. Budget hearings kicked off in the General Assembly this week, and as is tradition, the Independent Fiscal Office got to go first before the Senate Appropriations Committee. The IFO has been around for more than a decade and is a nonpartisan financial analyst firm, for lack of a better term, who often who spends all of their time looking and analyzing where taxpayer money is not only going and how it's being spent, but the return on investment, which of course is very interesting to us at the Center Square. So this year, on the heels of the governor's budget proposal, IFO Director Matt Niddle came in. He had some thoughts about the agency's own own projections and where they matched up with the governor's or didn't. So Anthony, take us a little bit deeper into this hearing and what Niddle had to say about where our budget is headed. Yeah. Um, so I think Niddle was very uh, diplomatic throughout this hearing. You know, the IFO, it, it's it's sort of like a state version of um, the Federal Congressional Budget Office, which basically comes in, looks at proposal, lays out their assumptions and tries to take a very neutral tone. So throughout the hearing, you can kind of see Republicans trying to lead him down a line of questioning that would be like, oh, yeah, you know, Shapiro's budget proposal is outrageous or fiscally irresponsible. And then you would see Democrats come in and try to nudge him about how, you know, this specific partisan proposal is a very good one and will help people, et cetera, et cetera. Niddle does a very good job of avoiding that setup and simply pulling back. Um, I I think you kind of summarize this when he was referring to IFO projections versus um, Shapiro's budget projections. Niddle said, uh, we just have a different take. One is more optimistic than the other. He characterized the Shapiro administration's projections as plausible, um, but argued the IFO's expectations are more reasonable. Basically, the IFO, when they would be charting out a lot of the stuff, would be looking at historical spending levels, historical um, growth levels, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, he was not coming out here and and arguing that the governor's proposal was outrageous or reckless or anything like that, potentially much to Republicans' chagrin. But he he was fairly straightforwardly pointing out that IFL projections are looking more along the lines of a budget deficit of about $4 billion for fiscal year 2024-25, rising um, annually to $6.7 billion by 2028-29, whereas, you know, Shapiro's estimate was much more rosy essentially expecting things like marijuana legalization to happen and boost returns. You know, the the usual things that we see when Republicans propose a budget, they expect everything to go well, just as Democrats do. And the IFO was kind of trying to come in and say, you know, we're not commenting whether this is good and bad. We're just showing how this is different from what we expect to happen. And this, the IFO is often, as you alluded to, it's often leaned on by both parties to kind of support their argument about why we should spend the way that we do. In the context of the governor's proposal, Republicans see the IFO's projections as a huge warning, a canary in a coal mine. I don't know if that's even a strong enough analogy here, but they're worried that that budget deficit if it comes to fruition, will require nothing but a tax increase. There just won't be any other way to make up that hole, especially in light of the fact that the legislature and the state in general wants to significantly invest in education over the coming five years. So Democrats have a counter to that concern that's saying, you know, 
we can't just hoard all of our money and expect the state to grow. So can you talk a little bit more about how the Democrats see this versus Republicans? Yes, I think, uh, you know, uh, Senator Scott Martin, who's a Republican chair of the Appropriations Committee, summed it up as my concern is that the budget presented by the governor includes rosy assumptions and vastly overstates spending projections. So, you know, I think that sums it up well for Republicans. Um, Basically, where's the money coming from? We are getting way too happy and expecting everything to work out. Whereas Democrats are arguing, basically, you need to invest money now to prepare well for the future. Uh, Senator Vincent Hughes out of Philadelphia argued, I just hope we don't miss this moment. It would be a sad state of affairs to say to the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, when we had the opportunity to make dramatic investments that would only yield further development, it would be sad for us to say we missed the moments and that we turned away from them. So I I think on one hand, this, this is a compelling argument when you think about Pennsylvania is an aging population. We're starting to see the proportion of working age Pennsylvanians drop out. And so we're looking at a situation where, you know, the IFO is projecting that uh, state spending will outpace state tax revenues. Um, So on one hand, the state needs to be aware that they need to think long term of how do we fix up a stable financial footing. Um, But at the same time, just going along with that argument is not necessarily just saying everything you invest in or everything Shapiro wants to invest in will actually bring out those changes. Um, So Pennsylvania is definitely going to see a more heavy burden of um, just older retirees requiring more state services and things like healthcare, especially, you know, we've seen this described by the Pennsylvania treasurer as a silver tsunami. Um, But at the same time, if we're not investing well, we could simply be creating more of a burden for young people, for working age Pennsylvanians. And that could be trouble simply because the higher that goes, the more likely Pennsylvanians are to just leave the state and head toward Ohio, North Carolina, Texas, Arizona, continuing a long run trend we're already seeing. So, you know, I I think this requires some political wisdom. This requires some political compromise. But no matter how you cut it, the IFO is clearly trying to avoid putting their hand on the scale one way or another or of being seen as in the pockets of one party. Well, we all now know how much the governor hates losing to quote unquote friggin Ohio. So listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Anthony Hennon, I'm Kristen Smith. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. Learn from creative experts. At Skillshare, classes are taught by industry leaders excited to share their tools, techniques, and professional journeys with you. Follow the link in our show description to join Skillshare today and get one month free.